This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, and welcome into the draft room right here on MVP. I am joined with my backcourt partner, Seaworth. Dave Oster, we're not uh, we're not front court boys. Even though uh, back in middle school, they wanted to make me well, really we elementary had school. This conversation they, last time. They wanted to make me front. It's gonna happen every week, Dave, because I'm not a front court guy. I got mad at Jake, by the way, Dave, because I'm like, okay, I got a question. Uh, I told him my height, told him my weight, and I said, you got an elementary student, fourth, fifth grade. Where would you put him? He goes, I'd probably put him on the block, and I'm like, you're the problem. You're the problem. <laughs> I'm a point guard, man. I had, I, had, I had dribbling skills. I could bounce past like no other. Dave, how you doing? No comment. No comment on our skills. And Shooting was a little off. Primary <laughs> no one could shoot. It was, it was fifth grade, sixth grade. No one could shoot. It didn't I, matter. I scored on my own basket, though. Yeah, historically, you you did that. And I had the first and one in, uh, did you? on my team. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which I will say, this is an old fast break story, but I'll say it again. I'll ask you, free throw line, you pass it back to the guy at the top of the key, and he starts running the other way. Basket shouldn't count because backcourt violation should happen first, right, Dave? Them to rules, right? Backcourt violation should happen first? Yes. Yeah, they they, they didn't. The points counted. And uh, I may have got benched for... uh, for saying that is BS, but not saying BS, actually saying the words is a fifth grader. These are the people you're coming to for your basketball insights. Hey, man, I was, it was it was fun times. It was elementary school. But uh, Dave, you're ready. You ready to talk some basketball? We're we're on the cusp of uh of of conference championships of March. Yeah. I can smell March, Dave. I can smell the tournament. Literally, if it weren't for this year, it would be March today. Yeah, I would. We're recording this on a leap year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I got a question for you. Your bo- your birthday is no longer in November. It's now the 29th of February. On yeah. non-leap year years, are you choosing March 1st or February 28th? Or are you one of those jerks that go, <laughs> I'm technically four years old? Um, I wouldn't be that guy. Uh, <laughs> I might trade off. It, it's whichever one is actually on a weekend. If, if you know, mm. if it if it were be like you know one side or the other, then I'm gonna. So like I'm this gonna make year, sure you're choosing weekend. March because it's a Friday. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I take my birthday off, man. I take my birthday off. That's, that's oh. just what you do as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> you wrap around now. It's my birthday here. We're gonna take a vacation day that day and yep. that day. Absolutely. Uh, but welcome into the draft room where we talk all about draft and about NFL, NBA. Dave no, and no, I. We got seven minutes of stories. Yeah. Come on, we got we got more. <laughs> <laughs> we got more in the tank. Uh, but it's Dave and I, so you know, you see the NBA background, you see it in front of us. We're talking about the NBA. Uh, got a great show. Talking Kentucky. Talking Reed Shepard. Going to be sprinkling in a little surprise at the end. Uh, I'll let you guys wait for the surprise topic at the end of the show. But before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping. One, if you're not in the Discord, what are you doing? Greatest Community Universe. Join it down below. If you want to support us, Patreon page is also down below as well. Let us know what you guys think throughout the show with that comment section. And then also hit that like and subscribe button if you like and love the podcast today. Also, Apple Podcasts and Spotify is where you can check out the draft room each and every week. But Dave, let's get into it. And uh, we're going to be talking about Kentucky, but I kind of want to start off well we want to start off with one wildcat in particular their last game dude had a game dave had 32 points seven assists five rebounds went 11 of 14 from the field adding on two blocks and two steals each staying out of foul trouble with only one foul hitting the game winner at the end of the game when the bulldogs thought they had tied the game and sent it into overtime oh by the way on the road as well, doing it on yep. the road, not with your fans there, with the with with the uh, the other student section going ah ah ah, ringing them cowbells because they were at Mississippi State. Dave Reed right. Shepard, see a top three pick. I'm just gonna flat out ask it. Is he a top three pick? Would you take him over either Topic, Rochester Sauce, or Sar? Pain. That that right there was pain. Hearing ZR. you just 
bastardized names like that is <laughs> rough. Off. And I know we're only at the beginning, <laughs> so it's it's going to take a while for that to just settle oh. in my soul and be okay again. Um, look, Reed Shepard is a statistical anomaly, uh, and it's just the weirdest situation of like, there's things that you don't like about his game, and the problem is that he does everything except for like one-on-one defense and creating mm-hmm. a little bit of extra separation really well. Incredibly high IQ player, very good shooter. Like we're, we're talking insane levels of college shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on the season, he's what? Uh, yeah, just 51% from three uh, on the season. It's not like he's not taking shots. He's got mm-hmm. over 116 attempts, I think, as of today. Um, I got the stats over somewhere. Jesus, so many tabs. Um, yeah, on the season, he's taken 116 threes, 51%. Averaging insane. four of them a game. Yep. So, look, great steal rate, great block rate. Everything off ball is fantastic. Uh, on ball, he is less than ideal. You know, he's a little bit shorter in stature. He's like mm-hmm. 6'2". They mark him at like 6'3", maybe in shoes. Um, and that's kind of the drawback. It's you got somebody who he's athletic enough. He is fast enough, question mark, mm-hmm. but his off-ball defense, his basketball IQ, his shooting, um, his playmaking, everything else is there across the board. And if this kid were like 6'6", he'd be your number one pick. Mm-hmm. He he would be your number one pick, un- unconditionally your number one pick in this draft class, especially this draft class. So that's kind of what leads to the question of like, do you buy the production? And do you buy the fact that it can translate at the next level? Do you think he can still get away with the same stuff he's doing right now in college and not get abused? Um, and I do have to say mm-hmm. part of it's because he gets the knock for being a 6'2 kid who doesn't have elite athleticism. Mm-hmm. And people are just looking at him and going, yeah, he's going to get picked on on defense. And I'm like, mm, I, I don't know that I'm 100% all in on that because – he is a smart enough player, and I think if you pair him with a smart enough coach, you can work with that. I don't think he'll ever be like, you know, all NBA defense, but I do think that he is a uh, a really good team defender. He knows mm-hmm. when to cut passing lanes. He knows how to read the ball handler yeah. and find a way in between him and where he wants to take the ball. So, like, there's so much right about his game that it's hard to say, like, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want that on my team. Like, he just seems like the ultimate glue guy plus – crazy mm-hmm. upside from one of the best shooters in the country uh actually i'm not just the best shooter in the country yeah I just full stop that one there mm-hmm. but he's six two maybe six three on a good day mm. oh, we just got done talking about how ricky every team in the nba what's you know the best players the best players who win championships who go deep in championship-esque runs mm-hmm. all wings and bigs the, the era of the small guard, you know, it's not over, but it, it's it takes Steph Curry to See, overcome, but, you know. But that's the thing. I'm I'm looking it's at totally. Reed Shepard through a different lens where and yet again, I've had this discussion with numerous people. We've said it yep. before. Go check out our video about the I'll put it in the description where Dave and I talked about does this draft class suck? And we overlooked it. The draft class as a whole. Sure. A lot like I've heard a lot of people say that, oh, well, this draft class is you're not going to get that superstar, that star. You're going to get like really good role players or like role player plus type guys. And I Actually. look I look at Reed Shepard and I'm not saying like, ah, he's just a role player. Let's go ahead and peg him there. But today I, I did a Google search, Dave, and I'm like, let's look at comps. What do people oh, think are comps? For Reed Shepard and I saw saw some interesting ones. One of them that was just flat out. It was just Malcolm Brogdon. And I'm like, if we're looking at Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon now more so on the role player side of things like could is not going to be your starter unless you're on the trailblazers like he is. Uh, he, he was he was starter level quality. He could, but he yeah. is kind of that tweener between it. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm surprised. I've seen a lot of people mention a player from the 90s, Dave. I believe this was a player from the 90s. Uh, I'm have you take a guess at what player from the 90s they might have compared him to. Ooh. Hornacek. I, not Hornacek. I got to double check if he's a 90s, 90s guy. 
yeah, no, he was a nice Mark Price. Oh, Mark Price. Mark Price. So Cavalier, Bullet Warrior, Magic from like he played yeah, eighty six to ninety eight. Um, I don't remember. I remember purely like four games tops where uh-huh. that's about it. So I couldn't tell you a bunch about Mark Price. That is right. Right when I started watching basketball as a kid. Sorry about it. But there was one comp I liked and it wasn't about the player. It was mm-hmm. about the explanation because there was one point in the explanation that I really liked about it. And okay. it was, I was looking at Reddit and the post was about Reed Shepard, NBA comps. Yeah. Uh, Cause the original post said, what do you think about a Chauncey Billups comp, a floor general who is lethal from three and good D despite not being uber athletic. And the first comment was larger late career, Mike Conley. And basically the reason he said that was 40% plus three point shooter interior, but not a high volume player and great defensively in terms of, like you said, positioning and reading passing lanes and can make players play by overclosing out. The point I like that he mentioned, though, and this is where I think Reed Shepard fits in the NBA. He's not a guy where it's like, it's not like the Pistons drafting Cade Cunningham. Go ahead, be our savior. It's, we've kind of got a team here. We This guy can help us here, whereas Mike Conley right now on the T-Wolves, he benefits from having Gobert, from having Mitchell, from having Cat. More so Mitchell and uh, Ant. Not Mitchell and Ant, uh, Cat and Ant on the outsides having the offense. Gobert is just defense, but playing off of Ant and Cat, having yeah. those guys to lean on so that he's not the guy just, hey, hey, Reed, go ahead and I'll do it yourself. It's all on you. Yeah, no, he is. Um, yeah, he is a floor raiser, uh, ce- ceiling raiser, ceiling mm-hmm. raiser that is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I kind of get that. I do. I did like the, the idea of the Conley comp, uh, late career Conley. Um, a couple of ones that I'd heard, uh, mm-hmm. his shooting falls in line with, you know, another great shooter, Grayson Allen playing that role. Thankfully for him next to superstars. Is that enough of a scumbag? Sure. Yet that we know of. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Hasn't tripped anybody. any guys. Grayson Allen's freshman year didn't trip anybody. Remember? Did he Remember, Grayson Allen, well, Grayson he Allen his college career as a scumbag, but his freshman year, he could have came out in that let's draft. Let's be line. honest. His, uh, his freshman year, he didn't really come out until the turn. That's where he really right. got the, like most of the playing time. And then he would have been drafted still yeah. just from that tournament. <laughs> um, but point being someone who can be put onto a team mm-hmm. with stars, like you're mentioning, Yeah, you know, you mentioned cat Nant. I'm, the one that I'd heard, they were talking about how, you know, plug and play guy who's going to be a dead eye shooter, mm-hmm. but who also can move the ball, who can, you know, play some solid defense, do all the little things that you need out of a team. Like, it's like, okay, I can kind of vibe with that. Um, the, the fun, I don't know if you've uh, messed around like Bartovic, uh, it's great database for, you know, anything mm-hmm. numbers wise. So I'm just going to shout that out for them. But, um, you know, you, you start dropping in, you know, so some different parameters around people who take that many three pointers a game, who are that effective offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple, you know, block steal rate kind of stuff. And you're left with a list that it gives you back the closest comp to him was Mario Chalmers at that last year in Kansas, where he was so good. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I started a looking. Lot, I'm like a lot of people Mario on Chalmers. Reddit were were saying Mario Chalmers, and then there are comments of I like, mean, "Oh, I really like the Mario Chalmers comparison." Because it's true. I watched. I watched three games. Well, I mean, I remember as a kid we watched Kansas yeah. because that fucking run was. Come on, um, D Rose should have won that game. It was BS. It was and BS. there you can have it. He should have yeah, won that title. You know game. We- <laughs> I, I, yeah. I I I should have had that champion correct in the pool, but that's the side. Three years, of, three years of Kansas for Mario Chalmers. His final mm-hmm. year, his best year, obviously. Um, yeah. But again, he was somebody who he had the same mid-range touch. He had the same ability to go within the flow of the offense, but he was never the he was never mm-hmm. the guy. He was always just part of the system and able to get other guys looks and get the other guys uh, shots. But he would always still be able to make his own. Yeah. You know, and I think that the deterrent like with him was always Chalmers sometimes disappeared for games mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, whereas we haven't really seen that from Reed Shepard more. So it's the way he contributes different games is differently. Maybe this is just, you know, us watching 
from high school versus us yeah. watching, you know, now and we're seeing different things. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like Reed Shepard's also playing as like the third guard in Kentucky. So he's not always getting the opportunities that he could maybe mm-hmm. deserve. And if we got to see more of that spotlight on him, you might see someone more like Fred Van Vliet, where Fred was a player in college who pretty, pretty good college player, but then he came in the pros and he, you know, once got rolling up there in Toronto, mm-hmm. hustled, built up his body quite a lot, uh, became more physical because again, he was, he's even smaller in stature than Mike Conley. Uh, who I think is about an inch shorter than what Reed Shepard is projected at right now. So, like, if someone like a Fred Van Vliet is where you're getting outcome wise, like Mario Chal- Super Mario Chalmers with like better basketball IQ, maybe mm-hmm. better shot from the outside, sounds pretty good to me. But a better Fred Van Vliet, uh, you know, potentially not as strong early in his career, but he can build up because again, Fred wasn't a freshman, so mm-hmm. he still got three years to build on muscle and work on the frame. So like, yeah, but would you draft that at number one? Would you draft that in your top three? Would you draft someone who comps out? Depends on the team. I'm not trying to say he will never be better than, you know, Mm -hmm. super Mario Chalmers or a slightly taller Fred Van Vliet with, you know, maybe a different touch to his game. But if those are general thoughts that we're trying to like staple onto the mm-hmm. idea of a player and like maybe role wise where he could fit in or even like a better Grayson Allen, mm-hmm. you know, how high do you draft a guy like that where you have these, you know, a six ten wing and Zachary Sachet, who is a phenomenal yeah. shooter on the outside who can defend one through five, who is just silky smooth out there and also still has like the ability to continue growing his game. Or you could go with Nikola Topic, who is one of the best ball handlers, downhill drivers, in European basketball mm-hmm. who has just a bag of tricks when it comes to passing the ball around and being a floor general, like bigger guys, very, very valuable skills in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But Reed Shepard's kind of the guy who's got all the production right now. So that is why it's like, ah, it, it really questions your draft uh, preferences and like, mm-hmm. Draft rules. I know not everybody has like rules around how they draft players, but like there's definitely like different archetypes you're looking for in players where you see like, hey, if I'm taking a top three pick, I want that to be a franchise changing player. But if it's a class like this where you're afraid you're going to miss more than hit, even at the very tippy top, Mm -hmm. would you rather take the guy who has great production and who they're, you know, your front office is probably not going to fire you for taking the guy who is one of the most productive, you know, players in college basketball, one of the best college basketball players maybe of the year. Mm -hmm. There's two teams that I feel like could take, if they won the lottery, and I'm not saying won it being won, I'm saying won it by they're on the outside now and end up being a top three team. Because I'll be completely honest, all of the three teams in the top three, as of right now, February 29th, 2024, Washington, I wouldn't take them. Detroit, I wouldn't take them. Spurs, I'd be like this, but I probably wouldn't take them. Just because of team team makeup, I feel like those teams, let's be honest, the Spurs are like this because it's like they have Vassell. They have Sohan. They have this. They have that. They have Victor. Like, they've got guys. They need... They need a point guard they who can do. maximize everyone's they do. talent. That, that's why I'm like, they, I don't know how. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm on if the fence with that. you get Jones, which mm-hmm. is essentially what they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, but guys, the two yeah. teams I kind of love his fit with, and I don't know if I'm wrong. It's funny because Washington also has his brother. It, well, yeah. Uh, but like the thing with Washington is I think they're just a complete and utter <laughs> show. To where it's like I don't want him anywhere near that team. I think that I, mean, I, 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 almost, I almost got the curse of anyone who goes there is just cursed because they got to play no, with Jordan Poole. Popping off, Corey Kispert's popping off, but you got to uh, play with Jordan Poole. Yeah, while Cool Valley has, I mean, I think everybody sees the just insane potential from that kid. The, so like he he's their star to build around. The two teams I think I like his fit with the most. Mm-hmm. One of which is the Charlotte Hornets. Now that team is a dumpster. They're a dumpster, but like Brandon Miller shows potential. Even oh, he, even with even if Bridges leaves, which I think most of us are expecting him not to be a Hornet after this year. Probably not. Probably gonna get a big deal from the Pistons. Like, what the rumors are. 
like you could still in my mind and tell me if I'm wrong, you could either like you have LaMelo, you can yep, fit, injured. you can fit Reed into a rotation if Mello is healthy and you have him Miller and Mello basically being a 1 2 3 uh rotation. I don't know how much you like Reed Shepard at the 2 compared to just being at the 1. The, the other one I look at is the Memphis Grizzlies. If they luck into a Reed Shepard, that's a team that's got dudes and would be a playoff yeah. team if it was not for injuries this year. If it wasn't for them putting out one of the worst rosters that we've ever seen. And, you know, the 76ers of old are uh, rivals in that sense. Like yeah. if they get a top, f- I'm not even say if they get a top four pick, like they're at six right now. If they get a top four pick, hell, even a top three pick, I'm almost looking at it going, yeah, one of the other three you could go with as well. But like Reed Shepard, he might be a better pick for us here because of the team they already have built in Memphis when healthy. I mean, okay, so let's start with Mm -hmm. digging in on the Hornets because that was your first one. They were. So the the Hornets last year added Nick Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. Do we give about Nick Smith Jr. anymore? I. To me, the only people that I really care about on that team is okay. I would say LaMelo. I'm trying to I'm trying to write down the swear in at the same time. So like Brandon Miller, Mello, um, and then going ahead, Dave, you're gonna make me not think right now. Uh yeah, like looking at Mark Williams. Yeah, Mark Williams is phenomenal and shut up. Well, yeah, but he's not a t- he's not a one. No, but I'm saying two. like that. Th- those are your core. Like your your untouchables are those three guys. Yeah. So beyond that, the question is: you just used a top pick last year in Nick Smith Jr. Well, not mm-hmm. top top, but like you used a first round pick on Nick Smith Jr. So do we care about him? And then we used a we got another guy in Amari Bailey, who I love, who still developing, still far out, but mm-hmm. like he's you know, background noise basically. Um. I think they still have McGowan's who kind of no man's land right now, as far as, you know, a small guard, well, small wing slash guard. Uh, they picked up Trey Mann, who has been mm-hmm. hot and cold for them, but insanely entertaining new look Hornets have been, hmm, I want to swear again, have been hilarious. I don't know if you've been watching the Hornets. Uh, mm-hmm. It's some of the worst and best basketball, like back to back to back. So, Here's so that's a, my question. He, he, here's my on, on the Nick Smith Jr. part, because okay. I, I have a return question for you that affects it. Sure. So right now in college, and I know college different than the pros, Reed Shepard is averaging about four and a half boards and almost four and a half assists and is averaging almost three steals a game. Do you expect those numbers to be the same, less? What are we looking at in the NBA? Because that determines it. Because if he can be better in those, then we're... Because, like, Nick Smith Jr. right now, looking at the stats, he's shooting 46% from three. So, like, him and Reed Shepard at that point, like, Nick Smith actually playing in the NBA might be used to the line more than Reed Shepard would. Reed Shepard won't have a problem with an NBA three, but just getting used to it at the beginning of the year. If Reed Shepard can rebound, assist, and steal more, I would take him over Nick Smith right now because I'm only getting like I'm only getting one rebound, one assist, and like not even a steal a game from Nick Smith. So it's like, am and I gonna am I gonna take a guy who can one shoot one the one same minute? but add more to the team? Are you assuming a one to one on minutes and shot quality and all that? That stuff too. That well, that, that that's the question. I th- I think that Are Reed Shepard would get more than fifteen a game, fifteen minutes. That is. You got a first round pick from the year prior that you're just not going to play. I that's the thing. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, it, the question is, can Reed Shepard do more than Nick Smith Jr.? That's the answer. If it's team, yes, if it's yes, I take Reed Shepard. If it's no, then I don't. But if your option is Reed Shepard, Zachary Sachet, Reed Shepard, Alex Saar, Reed Shepard, Nikola Topic, mm-hmm. Reed Shepard, Cody Williams, or Reed Shepard or Ron Holland. Like, that's the point I'm trying to bring up is like. Yeah. When you have all these other names, even if you go um, Modest Bozellis, um, mm-hmm. Tyler Smith, like there's so many other guys who just have size on him. Yeah. And that's the point I want to make is like these front offices who have previous investments that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you buy a lottery ticket, you got your Nick Smith lottery ticket. And you're like, man, this kid could have been special in college. 
We never got to see it all put together. Now we got him on the Hornets. Let's see what he can do. First year has been just absolutely wild roller coaster of like mm-hmm. some of the worst play we've ever seen. LaMelo's been out of the lineup for the majority of it. Like we need to just find, you know, some continuity and maybe we'll see next year. Do you think that you write that off and go like Reed Shepard's our guy or you go, Hey, we got openings on the wings for days mm-hmm. or we need, you know, a backup a ball handler who can be our primary point because LaMelo can't be trusted to stay healthy for mm-hmm. 82 games a year. So maybe we go get into Nikola Topic. Like, yeah, I'm just saying as a front office, like those, that's the question you got to ask yourself. It's not, is, is Reed Shepard, you know, uh, the number three pick it, it's, is Reed Shepard better for the Hornets than the rest of these guys. Cause fit matters more so than ever, mm-hmm. especially with this draft class, because then the line seems narrower yeah. between the talent. And that's why it's always like, I don't know if Reed Shepard will have the volume opportunity mm-hmm. and whatever on the Hornets to pop off the way that he would. And we were just talking about this mm-hmm. play next to stars playing yeah. next to Ant and cat playing next mm-hmm. to Beal Booker and KD. Well, that's you know, why I like the Grizzlies more. Like the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies would be the Grizzlies right now are that six though. Like they're gonna need to get into the top three, I think, or not lose like games. Anyone's getting healthy anytime soon. Good point, but like when they're coming out there and beating the Bucks unexpectedly, when they're like plus six thousand underdogs, like nobody. Yeah, I don't have an answer for why Vince Williams <laughs> Jr. Other than the fact that I called that. <laughs> um, Gigi Jackson did not call that. <laughs> on, um, you know, guys who are just out hustling basically and uh, effort when other mm-hmm. teams see it as an off night and they're just going at it every single night because they know they're going to get paid out for this. Um, like they've just got such a ragtag mentality mm-hmm. right now. They're not going to win out a bunch of games six to one though, or six to top three is not a big yeah. jump. You could do that. That's, you know, every year that kind of happens. Cause so. like, cause like I look at the Grizzlies they need and make, it's just like, they need to win, don't they? cause you go jaw, you got Bane, you mock a smart, Jaron Jackson Jr. I obviously they'll need like an actual five, probably realistically. Let's see. Let's see, let's see what their them. contracts are. That's a bigger question. Cause I'm just looking at depth chart yeah. and roster right now. Who is actually up for the Grizz? So the Grizzlies this year, Luke Kennard's got a club option. So do they take it or leave it? Sure. You know. You've got uh, Utah. Utah's got a player op. Yeah, Lamar Stevens is a UFA and Jordan Goodwin's an RFA. So they literally have everyone coming back. Exactly. So they still need to address the wing is what I'm hearing. And they need a center. So are you going to go ahead and draft a backup Reed Shepard who is not going to play over John Rant or Desmond Bain? Mm-hmm. Um, but would be very nice. He'd be a huge addition to the team. Smart basketball player. He's exactly the Memphis Grizzlies front office kind of guy. Uh, the way they've been drafting the last couple of years is very, they dug heavy, heavily into the analytics side of things. Mm-hmm. They dug heavily into the production of college basketball. Uh, some hits, some misses, but you know what? That's kind of what they were aiming at. I, I don't think that that team would pass up on like Cody Williams. So mm-hmm. I think they are desperate for a wing. They missed on Zaire and they need to go again or they need to go for a big. Their problem is just like, uh, if you want Sar there or not, I, I don't think him and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a great fit because they lack rebounding. But I, is. I think it also plays into, and I know that I rag on the NBA for this all the time because I just love how the NFL is yep. more. Uh, I hate the free agency comes after the draft for sure. NBA sure. because I feel like with the Grizzlies, it comes into you're almost gambling of like, well, if we go with this, we can get this in free agency, but then are we for sure that one of those stars is going to want to come play in Memphis when it's like, you're not, you're not in like LA, New York, Chicago, like one of those hubs, or even just a, I I don't want to say bad team because the Grizzlies when healthy are a playoff team and are very good. Like Andre Drummond, I don't even know how much money they have this off season. Yeah. But they could go pay someone like Drummond who is probably going to get, you know, maybe what 10 million. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they look to make a trade this off season? Maybe trade some they They're they're an absolute weapon when they're all healthy. And now that you get the production out of Vince Williams mm-hmm. and G.G. Jackson, like you got to feel like they're gonna try to pile on and keep this thing Cause, cooking one jaws back. Because your top five centers in free agency this year, I'm doing UFAs only. Clubs and players are off the table. 
You got uh, Big Jonas Valanciunas. You got Nick Claxton, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, Daniel Tice, and Mason Plumley. Drummond would be sixth. Yeah, Drummond's better than the last two, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could see them go after like someone like Hartenstein would be great. Someone mm-hmm. like Drummond would be great. They need they need boards. Yeah. Um, brutally honest, that would be great for them. I just don't know how much money they've got, but mm-hmm. point being, yeah. Can, do you have the luxury of drafting Reed Shepard and going, we're going to run a lineup with John Rant, Reed Shepard, and De- Desmond Bain as our one, two, three. Go ahead and beat us. Like, that's Billy Donovan's wet dream right there, speaking mm-hmm. as a Bulls fan. So I can't even, like, argue, you know, the three-guard lineups out there. But that is asking a tall task out mm-hmm. of Jaron Jackson and whoever your, you know, uh, four five combo with him would be. So I think that, again, maybe this is just me hating on – Short guys well, out there in the NBA, yeah, but like you're ragging a lot about height, ragging a lot about the height. I mean, the other thing I think in my head, maybe this is because I'm a Bulls fan, Dave, like you are, is I can't remember where it was exactly that you said it or how you said it, but it was along the lines of like, can you afford to do blah 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 and not do this? And I go, don't be AK, don't be the it was more, oh, that was it. It was the Hornets with Nick Smith. Oh, well, we drafted this guy. I have this lottery ticket. It hasn't paid out. Don't be AK. Don't be, nope, I drafted this guy. We have to stick with him. Sometimes things change. And if something's going to be better, take the other. Like, don't be afraid to yep. jump off of something if you question it. Like, really, it's, it's going to be the GM or the whoever's making the basketball decision in the war room. Trust right. in this right here. I got a big one, but they got to trust their gut. But you know what Nick Smith is as an NBA player. You don't know what Reed Shepard is as an NBA player. Could be a boat. And that's the difference. Could be a boat. Could be a boat. You know how much we wanted one of those. Could be a boat. And that's that's my point, man. I think that I think you're right. It's got to be the right team in the right mm-hmm. place to take him. Uh, genuinely, dream matchup. Um, I think the chances of let me double check Tankathon real quick. Love you, Tankathon. Hit that sim lottery button a bunch of times. Um, a team like Toronto, if they mm-hmm. keep their pick, uh, would be great. I think he, uh, but again, I don't think that he's a top three. I think five might be the earliest you go, maybe four. Well, the only way Toronto's is- keeping their pick is if they win the one, two, or three, right? Um, unless, unless they like fall into it, obviously, because if they're at eight, that's a spur pick. Right. Uh, I think the question is, I'm still not sure because I'm just like they, they're, the draft profile is just a bunch mm-hmm. of wings, and they yeah. went out and they got you know like IQ Grimes guys mm-hmm. like that or not Grimes but they got IQ they got RJ Barrett like they 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 you know in that mold yeah so I'm already thinking about who oh they had Ochai Abashi that's who mm-hmm. it was um, most recently so. I just don't know. Houston's the one, though. Houston's the team I kind of want him to go to because mm-hmm. Fred VanVleet's already on the team. So I'm like, <laughs> he successor. Because um, he, he opens things up for them because you could yeah. play Reed Shepard. If, guess what? You have Reed Shepard, Amon Thompson, um, Cam Whitmore, mm-hmm. uh, Jabari Smith, and Shangoon. That lineup, and you can't tell me it doesn't. Like, that is the ultimate, like, oh, so you're going to try to get around, um, you know, attack Reed Shepard? That that's mm-hmm. our weakest guy on defense. Yeah. Guess what? We can throw Alan Thompson to double down, or Cam Whitmore to double down, or Jabari mm-hmm. to help. Like you got three guys who are insanely athletic, who are incredible uh, upside potential defenders, and like two of them delivering already at that level. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure Cam can, given more time, and like when he's locked in, he is that guy. But uh, he just needs to stay locked in sometimes. So I think that. My dream fit for Reed Shepard is still probably Houston. Mm-hmm. San Antonio's tempting, but I feel like San Antonio is just going to do San Antonio things. And they're like, we'll go Topic. Why, why overthink? You know? Well, that's if Topic we'll, we'll is even Shea. there. Yeah. We'll go Topic. We'll go Risa Shea. I think that those are the two priorities. Is there a chance that one of those two fall out of the top three? Oh, yeah. If Topic comes back and looks like ass, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that he will, or if he doesn't come back at all, maybe that's, you know, a protect himself move, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, Ron Holland did, but Ron Holland wasn't playing for anything. Well, Topic is technically. Mm-hmm. So 
be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's the one who could fall out. Risa Shea is pretty cemented. Um, he's one for a lot, a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. two if not, and three for anybody else. I haven't seen him outside of the top three for anyone. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that's a pretty safe bet. So yeah, I guess Topic could fall out, mm-hmm. but Reed Shepard's got an uphill climb uh, if you don't find that perfect fit. Mm-hmm. For like the other teams, I mean, who else could, who else do you think long shots, if, if they fall into that position? The Pelicans? Dude, I don't even know. Pelicans already have Dyson Daniels, who is just, uh barely cracking you know roster time sometimes um he's bigger he is uh got a couple years of experience under him Mm -hmm. but not nearly the same shooter as reed shepherd is reed is a dead eye so maybe maybe new orleans would be a nice fit for him there the one thing Um, i have to look up with new orleans give me one second um chicago wouldn't just because you know ak know the answer to that one Mm. Oof, it's tough man it's tough it's so tough. so the thing with that lake because you're talking about that laker pick with the pelicans right yeah it's protected isn't it so no it's interesting oh. so they have either first off it's either their own or milwaukee so they have a swap with milwaukee for their own they can either keep their own or swap with milwaukee whichever is higher then with the laker one they can take this year's laker pick or push. defer it and instead take next year's first. I could see them doing that just to mess with the Lakers, just out of spite. So basically, they if they win the lottery, they're keeping the pick, obviously. But like they yeah. could, if the Lakers like make the playoffs, they could say, "Nah, we'll take next year's pick." Yep. All right. Well, then in that case, yeah, it really is down to like three, four teams tops who would mm-hmm. take him that high. OKC is the weird one mm-hmm. because OKC Just because of what I, what players they already have. Yeah, they they could decide that hey, Giddy's not working out. We can mm-hmm. sell on Giddy. Teams still very valuable to mm-hmm. teams in the league, um, but we can trade him out, plug and play Reed Shepard, who's ba- you know a lot of people early comped him to Casey Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, not a terrible comp at the end of the day. Uh, Casey's got a couple things he does a little bit better. Back to uh, back Kentucky Wildcat good. point guards going to the. But I mean, reads a reads a combo. Mm-hmm. So I think so. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I absolutely buy that. But my thought is, okay, so he's going to trade up the the, yeah. the kitten caboodle and go get uh, Cody Williams. Is my yeah. guess. Just shocker there. They might want to mm-hmm. put Jalen and Cody together <laughs> on the same team. Oh. Sure, that won't get that won't get annoying as the draft goes on for the entire year. <laughs> oh, Jalen and Cody on the same team, the Will yeah. brothers. Uh, Williams, Dave, I will say, let's switch gears a little bit as we've, I'll be honest, this Reed Shepard conversation went longer than I thought it would, uh, which isn't bad, which isn't bad. Uh, you wanted to mention though, breaking out just a little bit to, uh, the Kentucky Wildcats as a whole. I'll let you take this one because you're the one that's the brainchild of this. Yeah, absolutely. So Kentucky is this weird monster of a recruiting machine. Like it prospects like every day of the week it just seemingly unending lineup of uber talented players mm-hmm. and this year if you're looking at the draft class we just talked about reed shepherd you know right behind reed shepherd is rob dillingham as far as some people some people have dillingham above them to their credit not going to argue i could see both i could see it go either way sure but then you end up in this like situation where you still have a bunch of talent at mm-hmm. kentucky and you're like how soon are these guys going to go? Because Antonio Reeves, great scorer in college, could be a pretty good scorer in the NBA. I think I think he would be probably like a tenth man on a bench, mm-hmm. but definitely worth a roster slot. So he should probably go and you know be picked. So that's three players. Then you look down and you go, well, Zavonavir starting to get a little more run now. Like what I see in the limited minutes, probably would take Zavonavir in the first, mm-hmm. um, maybe early second worst case scenario. So we're up to four. Okay, cool. Uh, you got who was the highest draft pick on this team or highest ranked prospect on this team was Justin Edwards coming into the year. Justin Edwards has had a disappointing, underwhelming um, season up to this point mm-hmm. as of a week ago. He just kind of reminded people 
of like when everything goes right for him, how well he can look against Alabama. And mm-hmm. he hit everything except one free throw against Alabama. He had his game of a lifetime. Yeah. And he kind of makes people question like, how much do you trust production in college or how, how heavily do you weigh production in college versus like this guy was a guy before mm-hmm. Kentucky. Kentucky's a very loaded team. He's playing uh, next to some loaded wings. They like to go three guard lineups. Um, you know, they like to space out the floor a ton. So his role has been kind of not the same guy he used to be in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Mitchell upperclassman has been playing great next to him. So he's eaten a lot of the minutes, taking a lot of opportunities as the upperclassman because Kentucky should try to keep winning games. And I, I know it's a delicate balance down there as far as winning games and prospects uh, getting their opportunities. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the situation with Justin Edwards? And I've, there's one more mm-hmm. guy we'll get to in DJ who I, I got some feelings on, but like Justin's the enigma because mm-hmm. I get, and I don't, I want to say it right away. I, I get yeah. some Kevin Knox ish vibes. I get everything on paper says this guy has potential in front of him and there's no, giant glaring red flag screaming at Mm -hmm. me other than the fact that we just don't have the production he doesn't do anything terribly Mm -hmm. but he also doesn't take over games he also just seemingly might be a role player but we've seen role players in college turn into stars or at least starters in the nba the question is we don't know or the answer is we don't know however we don't know because I feel like he's fallen into the same trap. We talk about college all the time where he, cause you had mentioned before we started recording, like, Oh, they, they gave him the reins and he didn't do anything with them. And then he got him yanked. I think it was the last game. He had the reins was probably what the North Carolina Wilmington game on December 2nd. Cause he went from 32, 29, 21, 28 minutes to like, 14, 13. Ooh, we got 24, then 21, then back to 16. So, like... They play with that rotation because they are a deep yeah. team. Well, they're a deep team, and I understand the... There's guys behind you. You either earn your spot or don't. I understand that. I like yeah. that. However, it's like... It's it's what we've talked about in college, where when you got a guy like Calipari, and Calipari maybe is a little more in tune with this than, like, a Coach K was, or like a Laura, Laura Nega at Miami or a Bayheim at Syracuse where, or a Roy Williams at UNC where it's like our main goal is to win games. If you're not going to help us win games, I'm going to yank you. It's not like what we see in the G league where it's like, yo dude, this is about you getting better. You got the reins, man. I'm going to give you all the confidence in the world. And I wonder if that is it. Having the reins coming right out of high school, getting them pulled And it's a double-edged sword. It's either you see it as how I think you would see it of like, well, if you had that dog in you, you would take this and say, hey, I'm going to work two times harder now because I got to work my way back. Or, and we've seen this so many times, you kill that confidence. And once that confidence is killed, it ain't coming back. Like there's the, it it almost takes like three times as much work to try to to get the kid better to overcome it because you just killed the kid's confidence. I mean, you see it in Aaron Bradshaw, too. He was a top, I think, top 10 prospect as well. Mm-hmm. And came out, had like a couple of huge games where it was like, oh, he is him. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is a seven footer who we all expected to have like this crazy shooting touch. And then you just watched it wilt away and you're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And now he, he's averaging less than 10 minutes a game in his last four games. Um, you know, he just... They're running through uh, Anienso more. They're running through Zivonimir more. Coach Cal is not going to sit there and wait for these kids to figure their shit out. It seems he is. Mm-hmm. He understands why he is, you know, top of the game. So at one point, sympathy, but same time, prospects, you need to show him, you know, why you deserve the minutes, why you deserve the opportunities. And do you think that they're, do you think that this is, uh just a little bit of smoke but there's no fire do you think that this is something like hey this is why we should keep believing in him he was a top five player in the draft class Mm -hmm. and we should draft him 
basically on the hopes that he's got the physicals, he's got all the uh, you know the the framework to be a great NBA wing. Mm-hmm. We just need to build up from that because college he was just a role player. Mm-hmm. I almost look at it to where, and yet again, these guys are going to be a little bit different as like minutes per game. I'm making sure in the box score. Eh, I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyways, is I almost, it's not an exact one for one because the guy I'm going to say had more of issues with coaching rather than just, he also struggled. Um, Nasir little, look at Nasir little, he struggled his only year in college. Yeah. He had a flame out with his coach. We yep. talked about it on the fast break. We covered it extensively. Criticized him for it. I know I was one of the big criticizers of him. But then you look at his time in the NBA, and he hasn't been a star, per se. But I wouldn't say he's had the worst career right now. He's kind of fallen out of the I mean. NBA. Honest, he's he's not really. Let's let's be honest. He went to the Blazers, but like, I'm talking about like I look back to his 21-22 year, and it was like that was the year where he had the most minutes that he's played a game, and he didn't look bad. And it's like, I wonder if Justin Edwards just needs the right coach, the right team at the next level to say, hey, we're gonna forget how college went. Coach Cal, he's in the rear view mirror. You're here. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to make you better. Like this is, this is the goal to make you better so you can compete for this. And maybe, maybe Edwards needs somebody, maybe a teammate to light a fire under your ass. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know what it is. It's everyone works differently. And I don't know what type of person Edwards is and what motivates him. Yeah. But that's that's what it needs to be. I agree on that because you get so much out of the player interviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, The front office gets time to actually talk to them, uh, talk to their uh, staff, talk to the trainers in college, talk to the guy's high school coach Mm -hmm. and get a good outlook on a player. And that's kind of the stuff that like, does teammates go to his birthday, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like unironically hilarious, best movie ever as far as drafting. Come on. Um, But the point is, if you know a guy responds to criticism or, you know, a guy responds to like Mm -hmm. heavy handedness, one thing, but if he's going to put in the work, like, great, that's what you need to know. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, does he care enough? Is this his life to be the best player in the NBA or is his goal just to get to the NBA? And then anything beyond that's bonus Mm -hmm. or was his job just to get, you know, money to take care of his family. Mm -hmm. And then anything after that's bonus. Cause like, there's a lot of guys I was listening uh, to somebody's podcast. And that was one of the things he said. He's like, I didn't know what to do once I got there. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was my life goal. I've been working my whole life. Yeah. I got to the NBA and I did not realize what it took to stay in the NBA. And like, that I need to grow my game. And by the time I started to realize that I was already on the way out and like all this shit. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it is a crazy in-depth process that uh, front offices have to go through to find out the stuff like that. Because if Justin Edwards is that guy who is busting his ass in practice 24 seven, uh, working out, getting his shots up, all these things that you want. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Hey man, you fall into a situation in college where it's just not, you know, it's just not meant to be mm-hmm. cool. I love your game. I love what you were able to do here, here, and here. We think that on this team, it's the right value for us to take you and you can be our wing project. We've got, you know, plans. We're going to work on you with this and we're going to get you to be a stud. Like, mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all it takes is other people, like you said, having that confidence in you, uh, lighting that fire for you. So like with that all said, we saw one game, I think on the season, he's probably had like five or six standout games. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that is just like stringing together a couple moments mm-hmm. and then you see him disappear into the background again. Mm-hmm. How high are you going to take Justin Edwards looking at it as of this day, the leap year day, second round or nine? Second rounder. Second, okay. I'll take a second round flyer on him if he's there in the Early second, second round. I don't. Second. I don't know if a team. I don't know if a team would take him late first. I'm talking like 25 down. But like, if I'm 31, 32, I'd take a flyer on him. I'd take a flyer on him anywhere in the second round. I feel like you can't waste it. Like, because second round picks to me, it's like, okay, who do you think has the most potential? Like, for example, the Bulls. Wow. Io's sitting there. Oh, he's got the most potential. I'm going to take him. 
I disagree on that. I what, think that second rounders not having yeah. like being you taking potential flyers. There's, well, the, there there's differences because are you taking a guy who is going to be his best for another team? Are mm. you developing a player for another team? Basically, at that point. Because that's what some teams are doing. Mm-hmm. Other teams are taking upperclassmen and getting guys who can contribute, like Io. Mm-hmm. That's Io didn't have the most potential left. Io was a a ready made product who could play NBA minutes for me tomorrow, and that w- he's, he didn't Io stop had, getting I, better. I, I, I no, 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 I'm not marks. saying he, no, <laughs> he, 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 he was an upperclassman. Yeah, who was but playing had, as the best him. player in college basketball. Yeah, but he had questions about him for sure. Can yeah, he shoot at the Can he shoot at the next level? Can he do this? That's what I'm saying. Like, right? They're Don't take- about that ricky my point is they took a guy who is a top tier product in college basketball you're taking one of the best players in college basketball and saying you can play minutes in the nba for me tomorrow that's what they took they took somebody who can deliver production yes. tomorrow not who, in four years for another team but they took a guy who they like we when the bulls drafted him we weren't drafting him for another team we were drafting him for us right that's what i'm saying but we still took a guy who had a lot of potential because he wasn't i could a argue the product. opposite like he he, he just wasn't a finished product. Who's to say though? Look at the rest mean? of the guys drafted after him. What do you mean? What do you, you mean? Can't just he say had, that he had a ton. Like Io had like yes. Io because was you're not very good at good. something doesn't mean you have potential to get better at it. Is my point. Just so because you, you don't take the box now doesn't mean you're going to get better at it in the future. That's not that's that's not how potential works. Yeah, but my I'm saying that, that that he was. We you see the potential in someone, and he was going to be that player that gets better. No, he's not. You don't know that he is. That's, that's the whole point no, of potential. I, I, You're saying he's not good at something. You hope he's going to get better. Yeah. And that's all that's it potential. is. Yeah. And I'm saying not everybody who's not good at something has potential to get better at that. It, yeah. But with IO, you look at the player he was, you look at the improvements he made year on year on year in college, and you can have a track record of, oh, that guy is probably based on this. I don't know for sure. Going to get better. It's going to work to improve these areas. You don't know. You don't know if he's going to. Yeah, you don't know if he's going to, but on the track record, you can look at it and say, I have a faith that he is going to, rather than a guy like, like, for example, you look at Edwards, maybe you're sitting there going, you know what? I don't like it. He ain't going to get better. He can't respond to coaching. You don't have that dog and you pass on him. Like, that's what the second round is. Who do I think is going to get better? If you want to talk potential in the second round. Greg Brown the third was taken. Remember mm-hmm. how great of an athlete Greg Brown the third yeah. was in college? Top tier athlete. Do you know unlimited potential because of his athleticism, his size? Guess what Greg Brown the third's doing right now? Yeah. The, 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 what we're arguing is not I'm like... T- he was taken after him. I'm saying I didn't have the most potential left in that class. I'm saying Io had potential to get better. Io yeah. had that track record of getting better in college. But we didn't know what he would be in the NBA other than the fact that he could deliver in the NBA tomorrow and he would be able to play for your team tomorrow. Brandon Boston Jr., mm-hmm. a kid who was a massive star yeah. coming into college, underperformed. Guess what? He was taken after. Mm-hmm. Guess what he's doing now? I mean, he's on the Clippers. He, he playing. Well, yeah, because the he Clippers playing. are stacked. Like, a, like that's, let's that's be point. let's be honest. Is, is Io only playing because he plays for the Bulls and we everyone's injured? Not everyone, but our that's how he became starting guys point guard injured. for a while. Yes, yeah, but it's like what I'm but saying is it's not minutes. it's not the most potential. It's who do I feel had like AK probably sat there and was like, Executive A might see this much potential. Executive C might be this much. AK could have said, I see this much. And that's sure. what it is. What what exec or what basketball operations guy is going to look at Edwards in the second round and go, he's got a ton of potential. That's the guy that's going to take him. That's all I'm saying. It's not like but a... But I'm saying there's other guys who are upperclassmen who they yeah. might want to take who have production behind them. I'm saying, are you going to pass It also on... depends on what team it is. Well, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. All, that's all context. Yeah, that's, no, that's the... Like, like would like, you rather have... Like Tristan De Silva, who mm-hmm. is an upperclassman wing, who is just insane production over there at Colorado, or Justin Edwards, who has got literally the opposite of production at Kentucky. Depends on what team I am. Second round pick. Yeah, but like, am I a playoff team? Am I not a playoff? Like, am I a lottery team that's right? So, a which which pick? group are you saying? You're, I would say. I would say if I'm a bottom feeder team, I'm taking Justin Edwards. Yeah. 
Okay. If that's, I, that's what I'm trying to get yeah, to. I'm trying if to find... I may, if I'm a lottery team with a second round pick, yes. If I'm a playoff team, I think about it. Because I don't know because I don't know how much he contributes day. He's not a guy that contributes day one. I'll say that. Yeah. He's just not wild card. Or wild card. or unless you're a team that like for example, I'll throw out the Grizzlies just because we've mentioned them. If you're a team like the Grizzlies, it's like oh, I got because they got two second round picks. If they go it, we'll draft you and put you in the G League. Like they could do that the too. G- the amount of guys in the G League who were first round picks this year mm-hmm. is insane. And that shows you how loaded the NBA is on talent. Yeah. And these guys are now getting opportunities to play up, which is great. Um, Utah, uh, mm-hmm. both of their picks, Sensabaugh and Taylor Hendricks. Taylor Hendricks was a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Spent the first 40 games in the G League, 50 games in the like mm-hmm. majority of minutes coming G League. He'd get like spot minutes here and there. Yeah. But guess what? The NBA is no longer you have to play mints day one. That's, that's mm-hmm. the interesting thing is the G league has now yeah. become like an actual thing now uh, where players, even first round picks, even lottery picks go to. So cool. that's where I'm like, do you think that a team will mm-hmm. gamble on the fact that this kid has star, not that star, but like starter potential mm-hmm. because he already has like the skill set. He can, he worst case scenario. What if he could be like, end of year or I'm sorry, end of career PJ Tucker for you. Mm-hmm. Like not like the one who quit on his team and won't, you know, had to be sent home, yeah. but like three years ago, PJ Tucker, where he was still mm-hmm. just a great corner three and D player. Corner Isn't that valuable? Like, I think that's, I think a team might take a shot in the first on that and be like, Hey, you're six, eight, you can shoot corner threes mm-hmm. and you play good defense. If you're engaged, mm-hmm. like make sure the, the work ethic and all the other things line up. But Again, you connect the dots and you're like, ah, uh, you start to you start to tell yourself that maybe, just maybe. Two questions I was going to ask you is one, and I yep. know your answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Sure. Would Justin Edwards benefit from staying in college? Um, Probably not. Probably not. I think that if you're going to get a top 10 pick coming into the class your best chance is to ride that high uh we've seen too many guys who mm-hmm. stay back and they're forgotten about they you can't reclaim that you know top prospect classification really uh year over year we just don't see mm-hmm. it i i i'm trying to think of one that's happened well i can think i can i can think of one where Quentin. it happened exactly like you said it just did was io if he would have came out a year before as a bona fide first Came out the year he did. He fell to the second. But was he a top uh, RCI like fifty guy? He w- okay, he w- no, he, yeah. he would he would have went low first, but everyone was like he was a first rounder, and then he came back because he wanted to try I mean, to win that title. His teammate was Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, his future whatever yeah. Illinois alum mm-hmm. will be Coleman Hawkins, who mm-hmm. for three years has been in the draft cycle now, <laughs> and uh, every year he's been uh, about the same as yeah. he could be. A, he'd be like a late one, you know, mid mm-hmm. two. I guess why he goes back to college. Yeah. He could be only one mid two. And then like, guess what? He went back to college again. Mm-hmm. And now about a month ago, he was pick 75 for me at best. And then he starts stringing together games with Terrence uh, Shannon jr. Another- and Illinois starts look, starts looking like a banger all of a sudden. And mm-hmm. that guy is now back into the second round firmly again, because he's got size and he's starting to use that shot consistently. And he's starting to move the ball a little. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see the defense clicking. You just see all these things again. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, there's a reason we'd like to a couple of years T- ago. TSJ, another one. I remember, I think it might have been the 21 or 22 draft. I remember, if Retro doesn't remember, but I do. Retro loved TSJ. Loved him. Did Texas Tech darling. Decides yeah. to stay at Texas Tech a year. Then decides to go to Illinois. Like, he could have came out ben and been had- a first-round pick. Right. He could have been a first round pick, but I, I don't know if Justin Edwards will be a first round pick. But yeah. what we do know is he was a top five ranked player in the class. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. I think that, yeah. that that classification yields you some extra oomph when it comes to the draft uh, value mm-hmm. that first year. But Ben Matherin notoriously was going to be a lottery pick, he, like mm-hmm. pick, fi- pick 14, pick 15. He was right on that like eh, um, after his freshman year and he decided mm-hmm. to come back and went higher, obviously, to the Pacers. And uh Things worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. So yeah, he did help his stock out. So there there I guess there are a couple cases, but not many. Well, I think a lot of the guys who are top players who don't perform in that first year, um, 
if you still have the chance to go top 60 or work your way onto a team with a, with a mm-hmm. undrafted contract, you should take the opportunity. Absolutely. My, my other question, last one on Edwards, before we go into the very short ending topic okay. is uh, if he goes, how late in the second round, or do you not at all do this? Does it get to a point in the second round where you go, don't draft me. I'm going to bet on myself. Like we see guys do where it's like, don't, don't draft me. I'm going to work out with teams and I'm going to bet on myself. I kind of love that route. I hate it. And I love it at the same time. I hate it. If I'm a team, I love it. If I'm a player, cause I like, mm-hmm. I like players having that agency. Um, and that shows a little something from them. Um, if I'm him, I think I'm going to still probably go in the first. I think I got to tell myself that. Well, I'm saying, I'm let's say fall, games away. let's say he falls into the second. Sure. Does he, hope to no. get drafted or bet on to myself I, th- I think if you pass by like pick 36 or something then mm-hmm. you might start thinking about it yeah okay. you might start telling the, your agent to just to let teams know not mm-hmm. to but at the same time you know there's other guys who are just as much projects as you are out there mm-hmm. just as highly touted like a Kwame Evans yeah. who different skill set different athletic beast out there uh but same general range right now because again mm-hmm. production in college not consistently there and he's a guy who came on later too so mm-hmm. i don't know man there's just there's so many of these mystery bags out there <laughs> well the last thing dave we're going to take a look at we're talking about the WNBA, dave more so college. college basketball on the women's side because there is a big name dave that has said Bye-bye to college. Not yet. She's still going to play in the tournament. She's still got yep. money to make. But Caitlin Clark has said she is leaving Iowa to head for the WNBA. Dave, my question to you, right move by Caitlin Clark or the wrong move? I think it's the wrong move for Caitlin Clark, but it's the right move for the WNBA to get better <laughs> as a brand. Adam Silver loves this move. Yeah. Um, the, I think year one, she would, probably still earn more in college. Mm-hmm. I think that she is the queen of college basketball right now. Obviously a tournament win would be a nice way to go out though. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet, you know, so got to wait and see there, but she shattered records. She's doing everything. Like there's just, mm-hmm. I guess it feels like there's, you know, kind of that moment of like, what else is there for me to do if I can go out on the highest of high notes? Yeah. Um, but the NIL money has just changed the game. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. like she probably makes more money in, next year in college than she would as a WNBA pro. Mm-hmm. The money's honestly going to come from the advertisements, which I don't think are dependent on the WNBA contract in the first place. And I think you said it, uh, Indiana has the first overall pick already. So it's not exactly the marketing Mecca. I love mm-hmm. Indiana. I love Indiana as far as a basketball town though. Yeah. I think she'll love it there. I think they'll love, you know, I think it'll work out really nicely, but it's not like she's going to like LA or whatever. So it's, it's WNBA situation where she's like, the whole league gets better because she's in it. Mm-hmm. It kind of raises everybody else up uh, as far as money's concerned going forward, hopefully because she's going to bring more eyes to it, just like she brought more eyes to college basketball for women. Mm-hmm. I I'm on the fence about this dude. Like there's a part of me that says yes. Cause the, I, the NIL money plus yep. I'm going to say, and I said this to you, I look at the Indiana fever and I go, no, thank you. I don't want to go there. I mean, let's be honest. The, and WNBA fans tell me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming they have similar trade rules that like the NBA has, but like LA, if they're taking, they have three first, Hey, we'll give you all three first round picks for your number one pick. Like does LA try, do the sparks try to make that home run grab for Caitlin Clark? Because if I'm Caitlin Clark, I would look at it and go, okay, LA's two. Well, not really two. I believe they have, a pick that is somebody else's. I think their picks a little later, but there too, you got Chicago at three. Are you hoping for one of those two teams to be bad? However, I think both of those, by the way, are traded. So it's like, oh, are they going to be that bad? I don't know. I just look at it and go, is Indiana the place I want to play and spend my career? It's look, not we one love of the-, the Midwest. Does she love the Midwest? Does she want to be like, does she want to be like Sabrina? Sabrina spent her college days in Beaverton or not Beaverton, Eugene, Oregon, wrong Oregon for a while. The Oregon duck fans are going to hate me. Cause I originally said, uh, Oregon state's town, but Eugene, Oregon. And now she's in New York, New York playing for the Liberty. I mean, nowadays people probably don't want to live in New York, but 
It's big city. Eugene. What? Who, who doesn't want to live in New York? What do you got against New York all of a sudden? I mean, have you looked at New York right now? It doesn't look like that great of a place to place to live. You know, I'm not going to start that right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, just saying, no I think it's a great good. place to live. It's the best place to live. <laughs> Get off the fucking Trump soapbox here. You I know what? Maybe Caitlin Clark's right. Maybe Indiana is the right place to go. It's the right place to live. Maybe, maybe that's the right uh-huh. choice. I don't know. I just I look at it and it's like, do you want to? You're the biggest star. Of course, the WNBA, Adam Silver, should want her in L.A., should want her in Chicago, should want her in New York, even though New York wouldn't be there. Would love her in a Las Vegas, but Las Vegas, they're good teams, Dave. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to be high enough to take her. Like, Like Vegas is good. Vegas is a good team. The Liberty are a good team. The sky and the sky and the sparks. Not as good as they used to be uh, when they were winning championships. But uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like if I was hurt, it's also the Paige uh, Becker situation. Takes one injury, Dave, to end it all. True. Look at look at Becker. She's coming back again because she got that one injury. And now, yeah, I'm not going to pretend I know Caitlin Clark at all. My answer is she's good for the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. So if she's going to the WNBA, she's bringing more attention, more mm-hmm. views, more views, more money. And we're getting to the ultimate goal of guess what? Sponsors will pay more money to get those uh, advertisement deals, which means WNBA players make more money. Means what do I, what do I money. smell, Dave? Money. Do I, do I smell a future topic of will Caitlin Clark be the next goat or be the goat of the WNBA? Will, will she, she be, be the, the Sue WMA Bird? The will she be the Di- Diana Tagrossi? 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 Eh. Yeah. Sue Bird better, right? Sue Bird's seen more as the goat in women's basketball than Diana, right? I don't know. I don't follow the game that closely, <laughs> clearly. I just remember Sue Bird being being the one. But this is where you guys let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section about anything we talk about today. Discord down below. Patreon down below. You can support us. Join the greatest community in the universe. Comment sections where you can tell us what you think. Like button. Subscribe button. Check out the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to audio forms. You can catch us there. Thank you for everyone who listened today. Thank you to... My backcourt partner, Dave, another great episode, another great time yeah, talking yeah. about the drift. Got a little heated, yep. but people like when it gets a little Potential. heated sometimes. Uh, Potential. You're, you're wrong, but that's besides the point. It's okay. It's a, oh. Dave, Dave, we have, to, we have to remember, it's okay to be wrong. We don't always have to be right. No, some topics, nobody's right or wrong. There's the, there's not always a right or wrong. Is, I don't think either of us were directly arguing with each other. We're both just stating the same thing yeah, we each semantic, believe. Probably overlap. <laughs> yeah, semantic. Uh, yeah. But this is where you guys come in. Let's know what you think down below. We'll catch you at NFL next week, NBA two weeks. As always, have a good day, everybody.